And here's an ad from our sponsors. Have you ever heard about Anchor? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, everybody. Today we have the one and only Jill Wright. She is a heart center leader and CEO of the Executive Shine. She is the host of the Executive Shine podcast, best-selling author, speaker, executive coach, and she has been featured in the Forbes magazine and the Harvard Business Review. Welcome, Jill, to the Be Fearless podcast. How are Hello. you? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm excited too. And thank you for all you're doing, you know, really encouraging women and uplifting them and empowering them to really be fearless and do the things that they are meant to do in the world. So your work is so valuable. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, so tell me, Jill, where are you from? Well, I was originally born in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people that come from Minnesota are all, <laughs> you know, the Midwest. So I have that Midwest work ethic. And I think I'm, I was born with a big love of people. And so that's the thing I think I've carried with me from Minnesota all the way through my life. And and it's really served me in all of these different areas. And that's how I've kind of gotten into the human connection piece because I just love people. Yeah. you. I mean, I love talking to you. I love you so much. Hey, so you, where are you located right now? So you, you're from Minnesota. Where you are right now? I'm in Colorado. <coughs> And it's freezing here. And that was my next question. I'm like, <coughs> I'm about to choke. Like Colorado, like how many degrees is right now? Uh, I think our high today is going to be 23. And I've been such a baby because I have um, th 33 degrees right now. And I'm being like such a baby about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So tell us about you growing up who was jill wright growing up well you know someone asked me that the other day and they asked me what my what what i wanted to be when i grew up and i remember vividly sitting on my dad's lap and and talking about what i wanted to be when i grew up and and i said you know all i want is to make people happy so that was your dream, just make people happy? That was what I, and, and originally I think <clears throat> I used to put 
a record on in the living room and run down the hall to my bedroom. And I had these tall closet doors. And I used to think that I was going to make people happy from being a performer. So I would hide behind the closet doors because, you know, we had records back then, you know, I'm a little older than you. Uh -huh. So I would put it where, where they would go for a few seconds before it would actually start the song. And then, so I would have time to hide in the closet and then, burst through the doors <laughs> and start singing and performing in my room, you know? You know, it is interesting that you mentioned that part of your childhood specifically because when we kids, we dream big dreams. Like we have big dreams. And then when we turn into adults, we stop dreaming. So true. And... I mean, it's so important to keep those dreams. And then you kept your dream about making people happy. And uh, what do you do then? Well, it just, it was such an accident the way it happened. I, when I, I went to school, I graduated early. I hated school. Um, I, because they taught you about things that aren't relevant in life. I'm like, this doesn't matter. I want to connect with people. I want to learn from people and talk to people and be with them. And, and so one of my girlfriends started shining shoes and mm -hmm. I had had a car accident in 1987. And previously I was managing health clubs okay. and where I dealt with people and I loved that. And um, she said, you should do this with me. It's really fun. And I thought, Oh, you must be having one of your midlife crisis. That must be what happens when you're 40. And, you know, now I'm like in my 50s. So that is definitely what happens when you're 40. But uh, I, I went and I saw what she was doing. And she was meeting the most fantastic people and serving them. And it's kind of like artwork when you uh -huh. do that. And then not only would they have great conversation, but then they told you you were the greatest thing in the world because they were so happy with your work. And then at the end, they paid you. And I thought, ooh, this is kind of a good program. You know, they uh -huh. tell me I'm wonderful and then they give me money. So I started doing that. And then I was I had my own contract at a hotel downtown Denver at the Hyatt and I met one of the managers of the airports authority in DC where you are. Oh my gosh. And that's how you ended up having your business in DC in Ronald Reagan? Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it really matters, you know, for your listeners, <clears throat> it really matters that you show up as your best, you know, for everyone, because I met him very late at night right when I was about to close. And he said, are you still open? And I, I could have said no. Exactly. <laughs> but I said yes. And I took care of him. And we had this wonderful conversation. And my brother was going to Johns Hopkins at the time. And he said, would you be interested in coming to Washington? Because we would love to have this kind of service in Washington. And we're developing a new concept. Now, mind you, this is 1980, 87. And 
we're developing a new concept in Washington and it's called innovative air courts mm -hmm. because previously they used to have just the, um, you know, the, the cafeteria, you know, there wasn't any logo, you know, all of that was provided by Marriott. There wasn't, you know, all the variety of different restaurants. Yeah. And so he said, we're, we're starting new things and we would love to have you as part of that new program. And I said, great. And you know, you're 20 years old. You think that just means that next week he's <laughs> a ticket or something and you're just going to go to Washington. <laughs> so uh, how long it took you to, you know, get established there? Well, it took about a year and we went back and forth and with, uh, shoeshine sand designs and all of that type of thing. And then he sent me, so I still thought I was just going, you know, whenever he told me. Mm -hmm. And then he sent me this giant thing called a request for proposal, which you are probably familiar with being in Washington. But mm -hmm. as a 20 year old girl in Colorado, I was like, what is this? I'm allergic to two pieces of paper sticking together. <laughs> You know, so really I had cardiac arrest, no kidding. And so I went to the small business administration and I said, okay, here it is. What the heck do I do with this? And they really helped me. They go through and create a proposal to submit to Washington. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And at the time, you'll laugh. <clears throat> at the time, we had to submit things via fax because, you know, the, the old fax machines with that thermal paper and everything. Yes. So I faxed. Oh, hold on. You're talking about the one that the paper rolls in, right? Yes. I mean, old school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I faxed my proposal to them. And it was 77 pages long and the paper didn't cut. So they had rolls and rolls of my, my proposal all over their floor <laughs> in the office. It was very funny. And, and so they teased me that I'm unforgettable because, you know, there was no cut in my paper. So they, <laughs> they figured it out and I did end up winning, winning that contract. And amazing. it was crazy, crazy. And the, I, the first weekend I was there, I trained people because I also opened one, uh, opened a location at <clears throat> the Crystal City Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And um, so I trained people there and I was all ready and I, I thought I was good. And the first weekend I was open, nobody showed up but me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I had three locations, mm -hmm. which I drove them there cross country in my truck, you know, with all packed in my truck so that I could set up in Washington all by myself. I rented a room. I slept on some, you know, on the floor on a mattress, you know, for the first year I was in business. And so 
the first weekend I was open, like I said, no one showed up but me. So I had to go in between all the different locations and, um, and make it look like I was open, you know? So I'd do a few customers and then I'd run to the next location and do a few customers. And so when you're starting in business, it doesn't go perfectly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that's a, such a good example because a lot of people, you know, it, it, six months pass by and then you get frustrated and then, you, you know, you just quit, right? Um, and I know that because I've been there, done that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that a lot of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs have felt the same way, have done the same thing many times. But that's that's such an important concept, you know, just to just continue thriving until you get your results. Um, so after that, do you how many how many airports, how many contracts then you you went for after D.C.? Well, I was in D.C., for I started there in let's see DC contract started in 1989 um and I was there through um 2002 but while I was there I the Denver airport opened and they were looking for shoe shine and so I also used that same proposal and modified it a little bit for Denver. And then mm -hmm. I submitted it with 33 other contractors to the Denver airport. And then I was awarded that contract as well. But they kind of award those based not only on your proposal, but on your track record. Mm -hmm. And the first year I was open in Washington, I worked 361 consecutive days. Oh, wow. So it's, it's not, you know, you, you have to be in it for the long haul and it, it isn't easy, but it does pay, you know, big dividends because then when you've created your customer base, then people are talking about you, what you're doing is really making an impact on people. And when I first started, I, I didn't know what my impact was going to be. You know, I thought, well, I'm this 20-year-old girl. How am I going to impact? You know, you live in Washington. There's a lot of high-level people in Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't know. I, I was intimidated, and I didn't know how I was going to be able to impact them. And so I I just did simple things. You know, in Washington, everybody's wears a suit, and it's very you know, very clean cut and yeah. everybody wears black shoes and black socks. And I thought that was kind of boring. So I had a customer one day that had fun socks on and I said, I should have a contest. So whoever wears the coolest socks gets a free shoe shine. And oh my God, that started an epidemic. Oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And people would, I mean, these are, you know, who lives in Washington, senators, congressmen. Yeah, business, high-end high business owners. High-end yeah. <laughs> lobbyists, all these people. And I, they are shopping, having their wives shop, their, their assistants shop for them, their daughters shop for them so that they could have the coolest socks so they could win this contest of the shine stand. Oh, and wow. <laughs> this is crazy. So let me ask you a question. So 
then you expanded, then you opened in Denver, and then um, how many other locations? Well, I opened in Denver in 19, uh, March 13th of 96. Mm -hmm. And then the Charlotte airport heard about what we were doing. And then I opened in Charlotte in 2005. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so awesome. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And how many years? It's, well, 33 years now. Wow. But it's all based on what I learned <clears throat> from that silly contest. You know, I learned that, wow, these people needed human connection. Connection. That that was what I could give them. Uh-huh. I, I could see who they were. I could create safe space for them to not to be a Supreme Court justice, not to be a CEO, just to sit there and just connect as a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I call that soul to soul, but I connect as a human being and be seen for who you are behind the title, behind the mask. Exactly. You know, and that still holds true today is that's what people are really craving is how to really connect with people that's and right. their teams and how to make people feel important and valued and all of those things. So that's right. That's correct. I know that we were talking before we started the, the podcast and there's, there's something, you know, that I like from your niche and, and that's, is that human connection, especially in a mention because we are living in, in a world right now where we, everything is technology, everything is, you know, digital And we, we are meant to be social. The humans are meant to be social, social, and we are losing that connection over all these devices. And we are craving for that. And you, you and your business give that to, to your people. So let me ask you a question. because I know you, then you got, you know, you grow your business, you're having all this success and then you, um, became a best-selling author. How that happened? <laughs> well, this summer, in this, like, say, summer of reinvention, mm -hmm. when all of this stuff happened with the pandemic and us being shut down, then I had time to connect in different ways. And, and I have had two opportunities this summer to be in best-selling books. And the first one was, I'll show you, let's see, the first one was this One Habit for Entrepreneurial Success, which is a fantastic book with 150 different entrepreneurs sharing their one habit and what has really made them successful. So there's so much wisdom in that book and also mm -hmm. the, the unhabit. So what, what they do that they that they, well, they're unhabit, what they are not doing, what they have to catch themselves. Mm -hmm. So you did that during the pandemic. Now, let me ask you something, because I know your business, you know, depended a lot of that human connection. How, how 2020 affected you in regards to your business? How was, how impacted you? Well, it, we shut down. 
So in March, I had just been on a cruise and I got home from, I left on my cruise March 15th and I came home March, I mean, March 5th, I came home March 15th. And in that 10 day period, they basically shut down the world. So I was like, what? <laughs> what? This happened. I went to your native country, Puerto Rico, on that cruise. And um, it's one of my favorite stops that I go to. And um, we got home and and we they shut us down. So I became very depressed. I listened to other people and they're saying to me, okay, now you have to become an online. Now you have to do online business. You have to be on Facebook. You have to do all of these things. And I've not done that ever before because I'm a human human, you know, soul to soul. I give hugs. I'm like a real connector connector. And so I, I learned from many different people. That's how I met you in, in different courses from angel from Forbes and learned how to have presence on camera to be able to do those kinds of things and leverage the things I know. But in that process of trying to learn something new, I think I lost part of who I was. I, 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 I thought, okay, I have to be different. I, I have to be online. And for me in my little brain, I thought that online was different somehow than being in person. Mm -hmm. So throughout this year, I've had to really learn and go through this whole shift um, and learn who am I online, but bringing all of myself into what I do. And it has been a big learning experience for me. And once I just let go of trying to create something different and I just started showing up as my authentic self and, and saying, you know, this is what I do. I, I help companies build relationships with their people so that they have that service culture and it kind of permeates everything that they do. I say love rolls downhill, uh -huh. <laughs> but it, it comes out of well, it does roll downhill because we have here. Cora May is saying she likes you and she's sending you hugs already. Like it really goes downhill. Like that's, yeah. that's true. That's true. What you're saying. It's so true. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, we've been written up in Forbes and for this, this culture and for this service and for doing the little things that make a big difference in business. Mm -hmm. And that people ask me all the time, well, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's your secret? And I say, I just love my people. And I figure out what one of the basic principles that we operate our business on is what does love look like for the person in front of me right now? That's right. So what does it look like for my employee today? 
Maybe they're going through something at home. How can I serve them? How can I connect with them? How can I add value? In the One Habit book, I wrote about always adding value. Mm-hmm. How can I add value to their life right now? Maybe that's listening. Exactly. You know? Maybe it's making them laugh. You know, I lost my mom a year ago and one of my friends, you know, when you go through something like that, people call you up and they say, how you doing? Well, that's the worst question in the world, even though it's human nature to ask that question. But they say, how you doing? And you don't want to think about that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you don't want to know how I'm doing because it's not good. And I mm-hmm. got my mind off of it. And thank you so much. Now you reminded me. <laughs> uh huh. And one of my closest friends who I dearly love, he would call me up and say, do you have time for a story? And I would say, I knew. And every time he would make me laugh, he would tell me something that took my mind off of what I was thinking about. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting how that comes full circle because I'm I'm friends with uh, Mark Victor Hansen is one of our customers, you know, the guy who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and mm-hmm. all of those books. And, and we've become very good friends over the past 30 years. And And one of the things he asked me is, how do you connect with all of these people, you know? And I said, I asked them advice. I distract them from, so if they come to me as a stressed out person, then I say, you know, I'm, I'm, could you help me with something? You know, I'm, I'm going to, I want to take my mom on vacation. So I've been asking all of my customers the best place to go on vacation. And what happens is nothing short of miraculous. People puff up and they say, of course I'll help you. Oh, I've got the perfect place for you. You need to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. (laughs) Go, Uh, you know, so they tell me the most magnificent information. So, you know, I'm like, okay, note to self, I need to go there. Yeah. (laughs) So they tell you that, but they feel so good about sharing something with you. And they feel like they made a difference. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They forget what they were stressed out about. Yes. So they connect you, your business, your whole experience in your you know, business environment with feeling good. Yes. And they don't even know what you did. You know, they just said, wow, I, I went to that shoe shine stand and, and I had such a good time and I, I feel really good about myself. I'm not stressed out. My shoes look wonderful. I got my feet rubbed. I had the most fantastic conversation and now I'm going to go have a, amazing day. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm in the phone. (laughs) Thank you. 
Bless you, bless you. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, that's fantastic. And, and I bet that they were coming back over and over and over again. They do, they do. And, you know, I wrote 30, 30 years ago, I read that book, In Search of Excellence by Tom Peters, which is, you know, I'm older than you. So this was a way back when, but, you know, he, I just heard an interview with him the other day and he said something, he said, he's written like 17 books. And basically he said, don't you get it? It's about the people. I could take a book and put it on the Xerox machine and put a new cover on it and sell it again. But it's the same thing. It's about the people. So if you can make people feel good by seeing who they really are, and this applies to any business. This is why Angel does well. You know, this is why, because she sincerely loves people and you do too. And you can feel it in your show. You know, the way that you interview, you really care and you really love people. And you think that that's normal and natural, but it's, it's people, people don't know exactly how to do that. And they don't know that, that people receive love differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe they try to love someone and they, and it doesn't go well and they think, Oh, I'm not good at it, but they don't understand that there's different, that people receive things differently. So yeah. that's why we say, what does love look like for the person in front of you right now? Cause maybe they're on the phone you know, and so in that case, love looks like shutting your mouth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, how does that look? And, and so it, it, it's developing that muscle of awareness and listening to people and understanding them. And so giving them the, the, what love looks like and what appreciation looks like. So for your employees, what does appreciation look like for your people? You know, exactly different. Some people want a parade and some people want like a little, a little post-it note that says, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Like I couldn't live. Thank you. Her. Take the day off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. So when you figure out those things, then you're able to really connect with people in meaningful ways and really make a difference. Yeah. Oh so, my God, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. And you also are a speaker, right? You, you go uh, to, to companies and speak to them about human connection and all that. And uh, you also are an executive coach. I mean, you, you are your inmate. I mean, you're fabulous, Jill. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> but I just, I really care about the people. I'm like Simon Sinek and I must be soulmates. I swear to God, <laughs> because we have that same feeling like I want people to get up in the morning and have fun going to work. I want you to feel like 
a happier, better person after your day at work. And then you can go home and create that life that you want. I want you to have fun. So days go faster when you have fun. Yes. So I want to help people. So what I'm doing now, you know, I told you through the course of this year, it's been a, a big shift for me. Mm-hmm. So now people are working with virtual teams and they're saying like, oh my God, it's different. And I went through that. Oh my God, it's different. <laughs> and then I'm realizing, oh my God, it's not different. You know, we we are now on Zoom screen. That, that's an interesting that you said that because, you know, making that human connection through the virtual world is not easy to do. So what is like the number one thing that you will tell people to try when they find this, themselves in that situation of being unable to connect with somebody through their virtual uh, environment? Well, creating, doing the things that they are naturally good at. So one of the things that, that I talk with leaders about is remembering what they're already good at. So for example, one of the leaders that I am working with now, um, she is a really excellent cook. And I know how she's had me over to her house. She's cooked. She's prepared food for, you know, tons of women. And, and I'm, I said, are you preparing? Are you doing that with your team? You know, do I know how loving you are? So all we need to do is shift that so that you can then apply the same things you do naturally and bring those things into your business. You know, how about having dinners together? How about virtual dinners? You can all, you can send them something. You can cook together. You can share together. How about coming together every week and sharing what your win was that week? And personal and professional. And what your challenge was that week. And really having some authentic conversation. And what your ask is, you know, what do you need? You know, what do you need from the team? How can we be real with each other? We're a team. How can I use your skills are completely different than mine? You know, I have no organizational skills whatsoever. And I have people on my team that absolutely are thrilled about spreadsheets and doing all of that stuff. And at first I felt terrible, like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to burden you. And, and, and they're like, oh no, that, that would thrill me, you know, give me the opportunity to serve in that way. And so when you understand that each part of your team has a different piece of the puzzle. And that when you come together and you support each other, you feel good. That's right. You know, as leaders, and and this has been really true for me, one of my friends, and I was bawling during this conversation, I'll just say, Mm -hmm. um, I said, I'm not used to accepting support. 
I'm not used to not having the answers. I've been a, a an owner, a founder, a boss for 33 years. My The people that work for me, I have no turnover. So I have people that have worked for me 25 years, 20 years, 15 years. So they're my, they're my family. Mm -hmm. And so you feel responsible, you know, when things happen. And I feel like I, I'm obligated as their leader to, to have an answer or to support them. But what makes a team and what makes a good, really good leader is to be able to be vulnerable and to accept help from your team and say, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm doing the very best I can, you know, and I don't know the answers. I don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic. This is new, you know, new it's for everybody, <laughs> you know, but being vulnerable with them and saying, I don't know. I'm going to do the best I can, you know, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bring us together and, and we're going to make it through this. I do know that, but do mm -hmm. I know what it looks like? Not exactly. Exactly. You know, and when you give other people, just like I said about the advice, when you give other people the opportunity to pour into you, that's what builds confidence in them. You know, then they feel like, wow, I made a difference today. Yeah. You that know, so right. It's so true. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. So much value. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough for everything that you just said today. <laughs> this has been such a good interview. I knew it from the beginning. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> okay. So anything else uh, before we go into how people can contact you? Any last word to my audience? Um, I guess what, what I like people to keep on their mind is, is what I said about what does, you know, give love in your sphere of influence. So what does love look like for the people around you today? And then think in your head, what does excellence look like right now? You know, it, it keeps you on track for yourself and, and, keeps you focused on bringing the best of yourself into everything that you do and connect with another person, you know, tell them how much they make a difference. You know, yeah. the, the work that you're doing and, you know, I think all of your listeners can really feel your heart because that's what makes your show so successful. I think, you know, I watch your episodes and, and you really connect with the heart and the soul of people and, and they really feel your authentic caring when you are, are putting this show together because you really are committed to making a difference. And so I would say to your listeners, take what you see from, from Dagmar, you know, take, 
her her lessons and go make a difference in the life of of someone today. And I did put um, something together for your group. Yay! <laughs> I, I did, I put some keys to authentic connection. So some, some tips to kind of get you started in what does authentic connection look like for you? Awesome. And I call it the, it's the shine gift.com. So they can go right there and they can register and then we'll send them that information. They can sign up for the newsletter. I'm also doing a course and I'm just about to launch that. It's called The Shine Principles. And it's about all of the things that are involved in supporting your team, mm -hmm. whether or not your team is your family or your team is a multi-million dollar business team, but how do you nurture those around you and support them and be able to, I, I look at leadership like I'm the conductor of a symphony. Mm -hmm. So all of the players in the symphony play different instruments. Yes. So it's my job to, you know, I have the song that we're gonna play, but then I nurture their ability to contribute their particular music to our symphony. I love that. I love that. Yes. So that's, that's what I'm helping people do now and, and in this new virtual space and, and really connecting with leaders and helping them really build powerful relationships because this is an opportunity to mm -hmm. really, I think people are more vulnerable now and more, more isolated and really need that connection. So this is an opening that they might not have had before because before people were like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. And I'm busy. Uh -huh. Now we have more time and there's, and, and we're more open because, you know, you never realize you need connection until you don't have it. Exactly. <laughs> so before we thought, oh, we're fine. We're good. You know, whatever. And now we're realizing, wow, this isolation sucks. You That's know, right. mm -hmm. and I would like to get to know people in a new way. And, and how can I pour into them and how can I allow them to pour into me? I think that's the, 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 the most difficult part, allowing others to, uh, to pour into us. Cause you feel, I, I feel wrong. Mm -hmm. Honest. I, I feel like I should know this, you know, why, why don't I have it all together? You know? Why? And, and so admitting, wow, I do need that. And it's okay to need that. Yes. And I'm not burdening someone else because I need a little love today. Yeah. And being whole enough to say, you know what? I, I could really use a little support today. And you don't, you don't have to air all of your dirty laundry and tell them everything that's happened there's a way to do it, 
but to reach out and to have a support, a kind of a power team around mm -hmm. you of friends and say, you know what, guys, today I, I need a little love today. You know, and being a strong enough person to say that and it's it's not easy. That's been a hard, a hard thing for me because for myself, I felt I put that standard on myself that I'm supposed to know this. I'm supposed to be OK. I'm supposed to have the answers. And really being vulnerable enough for myself and saying, you know, I, I, I don't have the answer today and today I could use a little support. Oh, wow. That's right. We all need that support. We all need, we all need yeah. some support at some point in our life. And that's so true. We need to learn how to open up and be receptive yeah. to when people wants to give us their, their knowledge, their support and, and their love. Um, also, you have a website where people can go and uh, get connected with you and get your courses Right. Yes, I will be posting the Shine Principles course on my Executive Shine website. Right now, mm -hmm. that's just my shoe shine stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they can also connect with me on LinkedIn and Jill Wright on LinkedIn. I live in Elizabeth, Colorado, so they can search me that way um, on Facebook, on all of that stuff. I'm I'm just learning this Facebook stuff you know, and all of this, like I said, all of this online business, but, you know, connect with me. They can email me directly at jill at executiveshine.com. And if they want to have a conversation about how, how we can support their company, or if they just want a friend, <laughs> tell them to reach out. Say jill at executiveshine.com, right? Yes. I'm going to put that up there for everybody so they have your email so they can chat and connect with you through email. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to, I have to say, Jill, thank you so much for being here today. I enjoy having this conversation with you. I love what you do. Um, I do also believe that human connection is so important, not only in our business, but in every level of our lives. And, you know, just, just doing a little bit uh, towards making that connection on a daily basis is, it's, you know, it, it can change someone's life. You absolutely can change lives. And I think that's what you're doing too with your show is you're changing the lives for people because you're giving them such good messages about things that can really make their life enhance their life so much. So thank you for everything you're doing too. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, I, today has been an amazing, amazing uh, interview. Thank you so much, Jill, for your message, for your time. Guys, you need to replay this podcast because it definitely is packed with so much value. And if you really need to grow your human connection, you definitely need to hear this one more time. Uh, please don't forget, next Monday, we have with us the one and only Tony Solecki. And in the meantime, have an amazing, amazing weekend. Don't forget to unlock your potential and be fearless. See you then. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thank you.